one of my favorites we've ever done so far. And I can always tell when an interview is amazing. We end the interview and I feel like I've just been like completely mind, body, soul refresh. And that was so what happened today with Kinsey. She is so incredible. I was thinking today, actually, because we're on like episode 32, I think, of our podcast. Yeah. And it's just amazing, like the collection of people that we've gotten to talk with and have these like incredible conversations with. And honestly, like people who I consider friends now. Yeah. Um, people who were friends before, people I didn't really know that well, but just like how lucky are we that we get to do this every week. And I'm just so grateful for that opportunity. And just I love doing this so much. I know. I think about that too because I, it probably would be possible. However, it would be kind of weird if I caught up some of these people and was like, hey, can you talk to me for 40 minutes? Like, just talk. And like that would, they'd be like, huh, okay. Like a lot of people probably would maybe agree, but like we really do learn so much and get to form all of these connections. And I feel like if you wrangled up all of our guests we've ever had in a room, that would be like a really fun Maybe room. we should have like a a not a conference, but like a retreat or something. Oh, you were oh you were God. thinking a party. I'm of course thinking like wellness yeah. retreat. It's a, my mind goes to like party. Alan but it is like it's funny on. because <laughs> shut up. Um, a sound bath. Um, anyway, but it is crazy because growing up, I always wanted to be a broadcast journalist or just a journalist in general. And I wanted to be actually- a vet. Okay, well, that has nothing to do with the story, but thank you. Um, But in college, my major for like a hot second was broadcast journalism. And so this is just so fun for me to get to kind of revisit that. And I love talking to different kinds of people. I love coming up with the questions. I just – it's so fun. So thank you guys. Thank you to everyone that listens each week and just makes this possible for us to do this. Yeah, and like mom today was literally stopped um, when she was on her walk today and someone was telling her – how much she loves listening to our podcast. And like every time people tell us that, it just is so meaningful and such a great compliment because for us, it's just something that's really fun and we love to do together. And then the fact that we get to share it makes it even more special. So, And it gives us like cool conversations to have with each other too, because a lot of the times like we'll always, we'll talk about things that we've talked about on the podcast or have interviewed people about. It's just opened up our conversation. And it's really crazy because like when I saw you for the first time when we were at the beach a couple weeks ago when you got back from Hawaii, yeah. it felt like we hadn't spent any time apart because we do this so often. Yeah. It was like it was actually very strange because they emerged from the Uber and I immediately like jump on Win and I'm like, Win, I missed you. And then I'm thinking to myself, wait, I literally haven't seen Allie in the same amount of time too, but I feel like I like just saw her two days ago. So yeah, thanks for not Definitely. being excited. Um, anyway, no, I was excited, <laughs> but I think that this was like the perfect episode for you this week, y'all. I've had like a very crazy week last week. Yeah, so jumping into like highs and lows from this point. So my low last week would just be like, and it, it wasn't really. I keep saying like last week. It was basically like Sunday, Monday, or like Saturday, Sunday, Monday, or something. But yeah, like the the end of last week, beginning of this week, I had a really weird week, like. My anxiety had started to come back and I talked about this on Instagram a little bit, but like my anxiety shows up full force when I'm exhausted and just like evaluating all that I've done since coming home from Hawaii, which was like being home for like half a day, immediately going to the beach and then coming home, immediately going to New Orleans and all these things. And 
at first when I was doing them, I was like, oh my gosh, why am I like complaining about all these things? These are all fun things and I shouldn't be complaining because like I'm going to do all these fun things. And I was supposed to go to like a trip this week and I was supposed to go to Nashville this weekend. And I was thinking to myself like, why am I feeling this way? Like I should be grateful that I get to go to these fun things. But my anxiety was creeping in because I wasn't letting myself rest and I was running myself down and I was feeling like I was in a funk and I had no creative drive. And it was just like all the things started piling up, you know, and I ended up like canceling my trip this week with Kynan. I canceled my trip to Nashville to go see Libby. And I was so upset that I was going to disappoint these people that I love because I was like, I never want to be like, you know, I always want to. I always want to show up and I always want to be there and I want to make everything fun. But I knew that I wasn't going to show up to these situations as my best self. So I called them up and I'm like, I don't really feel like I can do these things and I hate canceling. And literally, this is just a proof of how amazing the people are in my life. Kynan is currently in Oxford right now and Libby's coming tomorrow. And it just shows like I literally like cried when I hung up the phone with Libby because, you know, most people... You know, I was just scared that people would be like disappointed or, you know, oh my gosh, like you're changing the plan to the last minute. And literally Libby was like, don't worry. I already booked a flight to Oxford. Like I'll be there on Thursday. Don't worry. Like it's totally fine. And yeah, so it's kind of my low is that it's I just really wasn't. people pleasing side of you. Like you just absolutely please everyone. Absolutely. And that was just proof that I needed was like, first off, you know, it's okay to cancel things when you don't feel like yourself because I didn't want to get to Nashville or get to kind of have like this anxiety attack and it'd be horrible. So that was a low, but it kind of ended up being a high because I'm getting to do all this resting now and I'm getting to like let my mind rejuvenate, but also it showed me like how great the people are in my life that they would change their plans just to, you know, help me feel my best. Yeah. Well, it is stressful when you only have like a short amount of time at home and you're trying to like get everything done. Absolutely. And I want to like pack everything in and see every person and do everything. And it's like, I'm just, I have to remind myself, I'm just a human. Like I can't. And then like with my line of work being all through social media, like it's really easy when I'm run down. I literally can't do that. Like if I'm having anxiety and I'm feeling run down, I cannot get on my phone and like quote unquote work and be creative because I it just doesn't work. So I took like three days off of posting and just did a total like refresh at home by myself basically. And it made the biggest difference in my mental state. It was incredible. Question. Um, do you think that your anxiety is bad because you've, you know, been living in Hawaii and like going to the beach every day and like all this stuff. And then you're back in this like traditional life setting? Not really, because I literally love being at home. Like I am so content to just be here and never move. Like I just want to be at home. I want to do things at home. I think where my anxiety comes from is I've never been good with change. Like my whole life, I've always struggled with like, you know, I'm a creature of like routine. Like I want to be comfortable and I want to be settled. And I think it comes from, and it happened when I came home from Hawaii in December, I had all that anxiety because I had to come home and then my world was kind of changed a little bit. So it's like when I'm in those in-between phases, you know, I'm getting ready to embark on something else or I'm leaving one thing behind, kind of what Kinsey talked about, the journey. I find a lot of anxiety in that sometimes because I don't feel super settled, you know. Have you walked around barefoot since you've been home? Not a lot. 
I had I a bet that has something to do with it. You need to watch the documentary called Grounding or Earthing. I can't remember which one it is, but I'll look it up. And it's about like the benefits of touching the earth with your bare feet and how it really does cause anxiety when you are disconnected from the earth, like physically. Okay, well, I'm going to hang up on this and go run around the backyard. No, but I see people doing it all the time now. Like there are no, these people I know that it. walk around barefoot in the park all the time and I'm like, oh my gosh, I should join them, but that would be weird. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and in Hawaii, we were just straight up barefoot the entire time. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like you run around on beaches barefoot every single day yeah. and then you come home and you're you, – like I don't remember the last time I was barefoot. Yeah, as much as I do believe it could be a lack in barefootation <laughs> lately – I think a lot of it is just that I am a people pleaser. I pile way too many things on my plate. I say yes to too many things, and I don't really let myself rest enough. And I think I, all I agree. Those are factors of anxiety. I agree with you. I'm just suggesting maybe you should go run around barefoot to help your anxiety. Okay, definitely. Um, but yeah, I would say that was my low. Was just not really feeling like myself. And my high, I think, is just taking that time that I needed to reconnect to myself and to let myself rest and just be and then starting you know you know the feeling of like when you don't feel like yourself and then you find you like you start connecting to yourself again and you're like wow what a relief like I'm welcome like home. back into my body exactly um I've been feeling that so well that's good what about you what's your week been like this week um, well, it's only Wednesday, so it's been, been a short amount of time. I know. Um, I was literally on Instagram yesterday like, this week was difficult. And someone was like, it's Tuesday. And I was <laughs> like, yeah, you're right. Um, something good that happened this week, I got my hair done yesterday at Parlor 3. My go-to gal, Sarah Stringer, is amazing. Um, wow. So that felt good. But also, like, I've just been having a really good week. I think I talked about this – I know I talked about this last episode, but just like – really tuning into myself to figure out what's best for me and like trusting my body to tell me what I need in the moment. And so I've just really been allowing myself to have that freedom of just like waking up in the morning, going and having coffee on my porch, you know, journaling if I feel led to do that, but not because I'm forcing myself to do it. Going on a walk if I feel called to do that. Working out, maybe not. Just kind of really tuning into what I need. And it's honestly yeah. been so great. Just like the little rewards of that this week, just the peace that I felt. And sorry, because I know you've been dealing with massive anxiety this week. It's um, okay. But just like the things, like the little things that have come through that I've been able to kind of open my eyes and, and see and appreciate. So did you have any lows on your week of high peace? <laughs> um, I really honestly can't. I can't think of a low. Oh, that's great. I really can't. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think I'm just gonna go with no. Sometimes you just don't have a low. I don't have a low this week, but it is Wednesday, so we'll see. But well, I'm glad you don't have a low this week. Do you have anything that you're excited for? Excited about? Yes, I am excited about coming home this weekend for Father's Day and being around. You guys, um, I'm really excited about my trip to Miami next weekend. Really excited about yeah, that. Yeah. Um, really I, I too am getting global entry. And yeah, I got my car yesterday. Like Bird mentioned, it's impossible to find an appointment anywhere. Like everywhere in the country is booked until like 2024. Literally. And- Memphis was booked. It was like one random day in May before I was going to be home. And then the yeah. next was like December 2nd. 
I was yeah, like, perfect. It's, it's wild. Like, I don't know what happened, but like one day everyone woke up and decided to get global injury. But no, it's, well, after, it's like post COVID, everyone's trying to get the hell out of here. They're yeah. just like bouncing. But um, the first available appointment I could get was in Miami, which is an hour away from West Palm where Herbie lives. And so we're just going to make a weekend out of it. And I'm really excited. Yeah. See, it's kind of funny that mine worked out that way too. And I had a little New Orleans weekend and maybe global entry is just <laughs> meant to be made weekends out of. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe so, that's, yeah. that's the point. But that's really fun. I... I have a fun weekend next weekend planned with dad. We're going on a trip to see some baseball. However, if the rebels are still at Omaha, he's informed me that we're going to go to Omaha. Um, so it's a little bit up in there. Um, so yeah, that'll be really fun. And then um, this weekend I'm excited. Kynan's here in Oxford, which is yeah, how really is, how fun. Is that going? It's going great. He's actually coming off of a time of not a lot of peace either. So he was like, so he told me, he was like, I just need to go somewhere where I can rest and like just literally be so calm. And I was like, literally come here because that's what I'm doing right now. So he's like just been chilling. We were sitting by the pool, um, reading our books, and it's been really fun. And then Libby comes tomorrow. So there's going to be like one day where they're both here. And I'm so excited because in my dream world, it's like everyone's just at my house. Like even as a little girl, I didn't even like spending the night out, you know, I just want yeah, everyone to be body here. at heart. Yeah, definitely. So having all my people here is fun. And then you're going to come and then we're going to celebrate dad. So yeah, it's going to be great. I haven't even like talked to you about this, but what do mom and dad think? Love. Really? Vibing. I feel like mom and dad are like not very like, you know, when you think about introducing someone to your parents, like sometimes it's scary because you're like, oh my gosh, I'm scared. Like, I feel like our parents have always been really chill with like meeting significant others. Uh, I would say, yeah, like in the last eight years yeah because we're all just so zinned out now like yeah especially now <laughs> yeah so it that's been great um but yeah I'm really excited to share this conversation with Kinsey today because I was thinking about this during the conversation it was just such a breath of fresh air talking to her and I feel like for myself especially and I actually got this question dm to me the other day and someone asked me you know I see you share about your faith and I see you kind of share about you know the woo-woo world how do you tie them together? And I feel like a lot of times, especially on this podcast, we do go pretty heavy in the woo and we haven't talked a ton about our faith because to me, I don't know, I feel like it's same for you, Allie. My woo-woo world is kind of just like the same as my faith world. Like yeah. when I talk about the universe, I'm meaning like God. So it's not like I'm praying to, you know, the grass under my feet. I'm praying right. to like the creator of all things. So when I do things with like crystals and all that stuff like it has a different meaning to me than maybe it does to some people but having Kinsey talk so openly about her faith and share like you know how God has been at work in her life and you know how her faith has opened you know all the doors and yeah has played the the role in her life that was just really really refreshing and yeah something I feel like I needed to hear today yeah I definitely admire the way she's able to talk about her faith and you know for me like God created energy. He created science. He created the world. So those are my beliefs and that's how I see it. And I think that you're pretty similar in that. Um, yeah. So Kinsey Todd is the founder of Full Ride Cycling, which is a cycling studio here in Nashville. I discovered Full Ride after being in LA last summer where I was going to Soul Cycle all the time. I am obsessed with Soul Cycle. I love it. 
And I just needed something to kind of fill that void. And so I tried it out. And y'all, honestly, it's better than SoulCycle. Like her classes are incredible. Honestly, all the instructors there are so great and just so high energy and motivational and encouraging. And I never walk out of there like regretting going. Like I go to all the early morning classes and like my day is just significantly better because I was there. But yeah, I just I wanted to have Kinsey on because I've been going to her classes for a while now and I just like love her energy and I love the energy she brings to the room and the encouragement that that she brings to every class and I just think that she just has an amazing story of how she was able to start this business at such a young age and just like I think it's just a testament of like really following the call of your life that you feel is placed on Definitely. you and I can totally tell that she's just in complete flow with that and it was really cool to hear her talk about it and I'm, I'm really glad that she was able to come on and I really appreciated all of the conversation that we had. I feel like you guys are going to leave this conversation feeling really refreshed like I did. And I'm just really happy she got to come on here. I think she gives a little bit of something to everyone, you know, no matter what you find yourself going through right now, if you need encouragement. It's really cool. Like some people are just natural encouragers and she's definitely one of them. Oh my gosh. I know. I like when we ended the conversation, I was like, oh my gosh, I feel like I can do anything. I need to go start another business right now. (laughs) Uh, No, how about not? Yeah, let's let's cut back on that for now. But yeah, um, I'm really excited to share this conversation. And I'm just really, really grateful and thankful that Kinsey came on the podcast today. Welcome, Kinsey Todd, to Go Call Your Sister. Well, Kinsey, I just really wanted to have you on because I go to your classes. Um, probably I try to go like once a week, I have to switch up my workouts or I, yeah. I get kind of bored, but I love full yeah. ride. It's the one workout that I could do over and over again and not get bored. I think that honestly it's better than soul cycle. And I oh, love soul cycle. So and so that's how I, that's how I found it because when I was in LA last summer for work, I started doing soul cycle for the first time. And then I came back here and I was like, I've got to find something like that. And so I came to you and I just I love your classes. I think that you do such an incredible job of teaching and just you're so motivating and inspiring and the words in your class just like really reach people. So thank you so much for taking time to come on. Oh my gosh, thank you for having me. I feel so honored to be here. I'm excited to talk to y'all. Okay, so tell us a little bit about your journey into starting Full Ride. So I know you posted about this a couple weeks ago, but you had three jobs. You fully cash funded Full Ride on your own at age 27, which is insane. So tell us a little bit about that journey. Yeah. So I worked three jobs. I had no idea what I was going to do with my life, which is pretty much everyone's story right out of college. So I make sure that I'm very vocal about that because I want people to know like I didn't, this was not the plan, um, of course. And of course I can prepare all I want and not plan. And God's got a totally different idea. So when I was about 26, I started a job down at Ramsey Solutions where I worked with a leader on the entree leadership team. And Um, I loved it. I had a great experience there and was also simultaneously working in the fitness industry in two different other studios. So I was learning a ton and just saving everything that I could from all the jobs that I was working. And the reason why I was able to cash fund it was because we opened up in a portable shipping container. So it's 900 square feet. It's in um, one city over on the west side of town in Nashville. And there's like a volleyball court and there's a bunch of businesses in these portable shipping containers. I don't think any of them thought like an actual fitness studio would try to open up in a like a 
box basically. Um, but it was very much proof of concept. And so I just had this idea. I worked at another studio and I was teaching there and it was everything that I loved. Like I loved that more than I loved my day job. And that's where I kind of knew I was like, okay, I am paying more attention to teaching spin than I am my finance job basically. So I need to figure this out. And so I just really started to tuck away money and, um, I did it really quickly. I didn't really have time to talk myself out of it. And we were able, I quit my job um, with the spin studio. I still was working my full-time job. And from the time that I worked, quit the other studio within 90 days, we got full ride open um, in the portable shipping container. And that's why I was able to cash fund it um, and start and just kind of run with it. So it was very much proof of concept. It was a two-year lease. It was really low risk for me in my mind. And it was one of those things where it was like, I'm going to regret not doing this. And that is my motivator. Wow. Yeah. I remember, I think I first met you at a different studio. Like you were just teaching at a lot of different places, I think. Um, And so I remember coming to your classes, uh, like at uh, Sculpt House, I think. Yep. Yep. I was at Sculpt House for a hot second. Yeah. And then taught spin for a few years at another studio. And the motivator there too was like, I loved what I did and I loved connecting with people. And I, I just, it lit me on fire, but I just, the leadership wasn't there. And the way that I was treated and the team was treated. And I was like, I just know I can do this differently. I know that I can do this well. I know that I'm going to be drinking out of a fire hose for a long time, but I'm willing to try this because if I don't, I'll regret it. And I just, I really felt like God was calling me, but I was like, I don't want to do this because I have no idea what I'm doing. And it's kind of one of those things where like, he's the lamp at my feet and I just had to walk and everything slowly starts to get figured out as you move. But it was terrifying, but I, I had to do it. Oh my gosh, that's such an amazing story. I'm excited to come to Nashville, hopefully sometime yeah. soon, so I can try a class. But it's just evident that it's evident that you've been able to create something really unique, um, and that it's more than a studio; that it's a community. So, what yeah. is your advice for cultivating a community? Such a good question. I love this question. And I get this question probably more often than any other question because the gym culture is every gym has a community and every gym community is going to look very different. And if I didn't own Full Ride, if I didn't work out for it, I would definitely feel that this community is different. And I, I tell everyone, especially those that want to start their own studio, like it starts from the top down. So as a leader, I have to know exactly what my core values are and what I stand for. And then in order for that to work, I have to hire the right people that then align with my core values because then they're going to represent me, not just in the studio, but outside into the community and into the city. And so integrity is huge for me, obviously, making sure the inside matches the outside. But then that ripple effect is going to attract the right kind of clients that are going to be a part of your community. So our slogan is hearts beat better together. And it is it's super cheesy, but it is all about the heart. Our entire studio is built on heart. And so while, yes, people are coming for a spin class or maybe to take a certain instructor, they may not even realize this. But once they walk into the room or into the door, you know, my front desk staff are greeting them. And if they don't have buy in into what we're doing, if their core values don't align with mine, um, then the community is not going to be what it is. So it has to be built on the heart and it has to be, you know, it has to insides have to match the outsides basically is what I always tell people. And I'm like, it has to be built on a very strong foundation. It can't be about one person. Community can't be one instructor because if that instructor leaves then you have no community, right? So it really is just having a team of people that do life together and that love on other people and you're 
your foundation is getting people to come in and make them feel feel known and and make sure that they know that they're they're always welcome. And so if you can do that well and you can be about the heart and you can be about matters of the heart, which again, I know it's super cheesy, but it it works and if you can do that really well, um then you're going to have a really solid community and it will stand any trial, any challenge, you know, it, it's not going to, it's not going to wither. Yeah. I think you've been able to do that so successfully. And I think that's such a good point about hiring people that really align with your values because those are the people that are out in the world. Um, and, you know, when you meet someone that might, you know, work at the front desk and they are just like bubbling over with excitement yeah. for this, like, you know, you have to have that from top down. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. come into the studio and I have girls that have, like, I have the most insane team. I'm just so blessed. And it's been like, I hire two people and it was two people and me. And then it just like is a ripple effect. And I haven't even really had to do much recruiting. Like they found Full Ride because they want to be a part of this. And I come in and like the back laundry room is organized because one of my girls is like, it just was bothering me. I needed to, I needed to clean it. Or another great story recently that just happened is one of our riders who we adore is going through IVF right now. And so I didn't, I was on vacation at the beach with my family and I found out that one of my girls had written a postcard because she's on IVF and she can't ride right now. So we froze her membership. And it was just a postcard from our team being like, we love you. We know you started IVF today. Like we want, you to know, we're here for you. We're praying for you. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that just doesn't happen. And I didn't do that. I didn't ask her to do that. I, I, and I found this out and I was just like, this is the community that we've been able to build because our values align and what we stand for aligns and our hearts are in the right place. And we are about the heart of the writers. And so it's just mm-hmm. this beautiful circle um, and to be able to know that I have girls and, and guys, obviously, but on my front desk staff, um, to be able to write postcards, you know, the little things like that. So I think if you want to build and cultivate a really healthy and, and strong community, like it, it's all about the inside. Okay. So I love what you said in a class recently that I went to. You have to go to grow. And I think yes. that can be really scary sometimes. Yes. Um, so tell me a little bit about that and how are you growing right now? This is such a good, when I read this question, I was like, oh my goodness, this one, we could do, we could do a whole podcast on right. personally this last year of my life personally and professionally. But, um, you know, I would say that I am growing in ways that I didn't anticipate. And I think I was actually reading the other day, the Hebrew translation of like to wait is to hope for, to trust, to anticipate. And so I'm very much an achiever. I love to go after the things that I want. I I say something, I'm like, I'll go make that happen. Um, And so I've really pushed the needle in professionally and personally, constantly digging and constantly trying to grow. And I I think one of the things that I'm learning is to boldly and firmly plant my roots and be in anticipation for what's to come. And that part's hard for me to live in the tension of, okay, I may not be at peace about where I'm at in certain areas of my life, but I also know I've done everything that I can in those certain areas, like professionally, I'm waiting on this huge deal. And, um, and I can't really move until I find this out. And I've been waiting nine weeks and it's been really torturous at times of like, okay, this is so good. And praying about it every day and being like, I've done everything that I can. I've explored every Avenue. I just have to sit here and build my roots and be firm and know and sit in anticipation. And that's not easy for me. And so I think one of the things that I am really trying to get better at, and I know this and the way that I'm growing is, the tension, I think, of our lives never goes away. The tension just looks different. And so it's not really about getting rid of that tension, but it's learning how to partner with it and live with that 
and find peace and, and be a fruitful, joyous person in that. That's not easy, but that's a way right now, especially especially in my career and personally too, that I am growing and I could go into the weeds of all those things. But I would say of all the ways I'm trying to grow right now or I'm growing, that's probably the biggest one. It is crazy because it is such a juxtaposition of, yes, you have to go to grow and like sometimes sometimes you have to stay rooted where you are for a second. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like this whole thing, my favorite, my one of my favorite sayings right now is God can't do work on a parked car. So people are always like, well, I'm just waiting. I'm like, well, if you're, if you think that waiting, the definition of waiting is just to have life handed to you or waiting for a sign or waiting for a moment, that's not, that's not what this is. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a posture of anticipation and of movement. So you got to start moving and God will align you and he'll direct you if you're in communication with him. Obviously we have like free will and all that thing and we can go very nuancy there, but I'm a big believer that like, yeah, you're still actively waiting or you're still actively positioned while you're still trying to build these roots. And so it's such a juxtaposition of like, is it a time for me to really deepen my roots and know that I've done everything or do I move this way or that way? And that part I would say is it's discernment, but it's it's tough to figure out exactly what move to make, you know? I feel like for me, that's something that I've been dealing with too recently. And I think for me, it's like figuring out the balance is it comes from really getting quiet and sitting with myself and being able to tune out the noise so I can turn up that voice inside. Yeah. 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 I'm such a mover person too. Like to me, what I've learned this week is like a lot of times I think to achieve anything, I have to be going like full speed Mm. ahead in one direction or the other. And a lot of the time that growth does come from just like, being still and mm-hmm. allowing it to come to you. And I'm, yeah. that's so not my personality. Yeah. So yeah. I love that you said that. And it's so challenging, especially for achievers where you're just like, oh, I can get myself out of this or oh, I'm, I'm not happy here. I'll make a change. And I think there's so much beauty to that. And I, I commend people that are like that. And I'm like that myself. But at the same time, when you have done everything that you can in different avenues, whether it's career or personal or whatever, a lot of times it's like, okay, I've literally hands are up. Like I've done everything that I can. Now my job is to continue to actively sit and wait and be in anticipation and to trust and to hope and do all those things. And and like you said, Allie, like, you know, turn up the voice of your own head. Like, what do you, because one of the things I've learned to um, recently is that God trusts me. Like, I'm like, Hey God, I want you. Like, I want you to tell me what you want. I want your will, all these things. But if I'm surrendered to his ways every day, I'm never outside the will of God. So I'm like, okay, I've got to really try to focus here and be like, what do I want? Cause he trusts me and I get to make decisions. And what is that? How do I feel in that? And, um, turning up the, the voice of myself versus, what everybody else wants me to do. And a lot of times you have to sit and be grounded and be firmly planted in order to know what that is. Really hard, but worth it. (laughs) Really hard, but it's always, hey, if it's worth waiting for, it's worth the wait. You know, it's like, if you're going to wait long enough and, and that applies to literally every season of our lives, I feel like it doesn't matter what season we're in, we're always going to be waiting. So the better we can get at that, um, the, I think the better our lives are and the better we can love on other people, you know, in the process. Mm -hmm. And I, I think there is like a way to wait, but still move forward, you know, like totally. I think that's, that's the key is you're still moving. Like you're still, 
you don't know until you know. I always say like better an oh well than a what if. So I'm going to I'm going to go mm-hmm. and I always say like Lord, I'm going to go this way. Like tell me if you don't want me to. Sometimes it's like, hey, I am thinking about this thing and then I feel full conviction for that. Other times like with my career and I'm in the process of expanding the studios, I haven't I don't want to do that. That's not the easy thing. That's like the I'm that feels really impossible. I don't know the how, I don't know the when. Um, but it's been one of those things where it's like the Lord's been like, go, like we're doing this, you know, like let's move forward. And until it's a hard no, I have to keep going forward, you know? So as an instructor and a leader and all these things, you have to have, you know, a really probably positive outlook most of the time. Um, but how do you keep going when life gets really tough and you start to get overwhelmed and anxious, especially when you have to sit in that role of like an encouraging leader? position. It's hard. That's yeah, it's a great question. Well, I, I, I honestly think I was born with a pretty high tolerance of intensity and a deep capacity. I think that might be a gift that God gave me. Um, I also grew up, um, in, I was a ski racer and my whole family, my dad and my brother. And so we just kind of recklessly and fearlessly persevered. Um, I think it's also one of my greatest gifts, but one of my biggest curses at the same time. So I've just kind of naturally been one to just kind of keep going. But in order for me to keep going when I'm anxious and when I feel like I can't keep going is, I mean, my faith is the most important thing about me. So I definitely go there first. And then secondly, I have really wonderful friends um, who know the deep, deepest parts of me and they speak truth back into me of like, Kate, remember your why. And I think whenever you get anxious or whenever you get stressed or when you feel like you can't keep going forward, it has to come back to the reason why you're doing what you're doing. Even in the simplest things, like for those that have a job right now that feels very mundane and they're like, I don't feel like I have a lot of purpose in it. I feel like I'm not changing the world. No, no, no. You are in the everyday moments of your life. And so if you can understand your why right now, this might not be your forever, but you might be anxious. You might be stressed, but like, what is your why and what's your reason right now? Because if you don't have that, you're going to wither and it's going to fall short. You're going to, the devil's going to come at you. Culture's going to come at you. The world's going to tell you who to be. Like you got to know exactly why you're doing what you're doing. So when I get anxious and I have wanted to quit multiple times, COVID was, I mean, it almost took me out physically. Like it was one of the hardest seasons of my life. Um, But I never asked why I never was angry. I was just like my purpose here. If I can make a difference in five people's lives to make them feel known and loved and seen, then I've done my job. And so it just brought me back to the people part. So I would just always encourage people if you're anxious or stressed, like peel back to the layers and just figure out, remind yourself of your why. And if you don't know your why, you don't have one, you got to reassess what you're doing. And you know, you've got to have a why in literally everything, but especially in your career. Well, I think you are so good at encouraging people. Like I said earlier, that's why I love your classes. And I remember coming um, to your classes, like one of your classes in the fall, I don't know. I was really good about coming pretty regularly. And that was like the hardest season of my life. Our mom and brother were in rehab at the same time. Like it was just really, really hard. And you said something about like, you were just always so encouraging, like just keep going. Like even if this is a hard season, like there is like goodness to be found. And, you know, I, I just really commend you for that. It's, it's amazing that you're able to do that. Thank you. I, um, I definitely feel like, I feel like one of the things I'm so thankful for and so blessed by is to be doing what I'm doing. And, um, and so I just feel like a big reason why it works is because I am super honest and super real with people. Like I won't specifically say what I'm going through in class, but if you come to a class, 
you're going to be able to kind of have an idea of what's going on in my life. And I think that's one of the most beautiful things is we can connect on that and know that none of us are alone in those hard seasons. And I think that's why people walk out feeling better because they're like, well, you know, they'll come up to me. I'll get messages all the time. How did you know exactly what I needed to say? And, and I'm like, well, first of all, I didn't, it wasn't of me, but second of all, like you're not alone in what you're going through. And I think just making people know that and feel that, um, can change the direction of their day. And that's why I love what full ride is and what it stands for. I feel like a lot of people do go to exercise or working out like me, especially when I'm going through hard times. Cause it's like, first you want to be distracted mm-hmm. and then you want to kind of just get, you know, get your mind off of everything and just go do something. And so I love when I have an, enc- an encouraging teacher because I walk out and that's the same thing. I'm like, how, how did you yeah. know? Like you're speaking yeah. directly to me. And yeah, it's just a good reminder, you know, we're all, we're all going through, my mom told me the other day, we're all recovering from something. We're all going we through something. Are. And- we are. And I think that's what people need to know. Cause I think a lot of times people look at me and they're like, you have everything. And I'm like, well, first of all, no, I don't. But also too, like the reason why full ride I think is different than a lot of other studios is it has people that work within the organization that are super real. And are very authentic in what they're going through because I just believe that we're put on this earth to to know and love each other and to make each other better. And in order for me to be able to encourage people and have them believe it, I have to mean it. And so, and therefore that means I've gone through, I've gone through a lot of struggle. I've had a lot of trials and especially the last year, but I would say over the last 10 years. And I just feel like I've taken those things and really tried to put them back on other people and say, it's okay. You can still go through this. It's going to, it's all going to work out. You're going to get through it. And that's all people want to be reminded of. And, and I think that is what sets forward apart is that my team is just like that. And Mm -hmm. they do a great job of being able to exemplify that in and out of the bike room. That's also very key. I love this question. And I know you've talked a lot about your faith and that kind of being your rock that you've leaned Mm -hmm. on, but can you kind of go into detail about what role faith has played in your life? Yeah, that's a great question. And it's a big one. I mean, it's, it's definitely the role it's, it's played every role in my life. I grew up in a very, I mean, my parents um, are divorced. They were married for about 20 years and went through a pretty tough divorce all through my college years. But um, I wasn't really introduced to my faith until I was in college. I was a believer of God, but I think there's a difference between being a believer of God and like being a follower of Jesus. And so I understood what it meant like meant to have a relationship with Jesus in college. And the biggest role I would say that my faith has played in my life is for right. I think Fulbright, I look at Fulbright as a ministry. Um, I don't necessarily look at it like, I mean, it is my business and it is my career. And I feel so blessed to be able to do what I do and be able to say like, it's glorifying God. And I see his mercy and his goodness in every day and on the hardest of days. And I think as far as my faith goes, the biggest role it's played is my ability to be able to say, okay, God, like whatever you want me to do. Cause I'm so, I should not be doing what I'm doing. I mean, I'm a Canadian ex ski racer living in Nashville, Tennessee, running a spin studio. Like that makes no sense. And even looking at the growth of the studio, we're three and a half years old and we moved in, in the year of the pandemic in 2020, while studios were shutting down, like we opened up in a brand new studio, two times the size. And I didn't go to the bank and I didn't have an investor. That, that's unheard of, you know? And so, and again, it's not of me by any means. So my faith in the role that it's played in my life is being able to be in a position to create 
a studio that has people come. And do you have to be a Christian and know Jesus to work here? No, not at all. That's not at all what I'm saying. It's just, it's been so amazing to have it be an example without a lot of people even knowing what it really is. Um, so as far as my faith goes, it being the most important thing about my life and then it being the thing that I get to do for a living, um, is I would say the main role. And I think, I don't know if that answers the question, but I could go into that, but it's just been really cool to have that. I mean, it's a gift for sure. Definitely. That's so incredible. That's just amazing. And it's evident, you know, and you you see it all around you. Cause that's same with like everything in my life up to this point, like our path is so not what we like Mm -mm. can see for ourselves. And then, you know, yeah, it's just it's got it working. It's, it's wild. Crazy. It's, it's um, I you know, one of my my best friend told me she's like, you can prepare, but you can't plan. And so I just feel like my life has been one big preparation for full ride, and I've run away from Jesus multiple times, um, especially in my early twenties and in college. And you know, I thought I was going to go and work in music business and then work in finance, and I I had no idea. I mean, I'm a I'm a, probably an extrovert at this point now, but I grew up a huge introvert, really shy, really insecure with my body. I mean, I struggled in every which way and to be able to get up and, and, and speak and, and teach that is so not of me. And so it's just really cool to see how God can just like totally, I mean, it's immeasurably more, right? Like he always gives us infinitely more than what we could ever dream of. And it's so hard to believe that on your really hard days, but it's really cool to see um, that exemplified with the studio and it's just how I try to live my life and come from a posture of that place. So, yeah, I was actually having this conversation with my friend Natalie this morning. It's crazy how when you're so aligned and that you're doing when you're moving towards your purpose and doing and following what God has put on your heart to do, things just start flowing so easily Mm, and things work out that you never could have imagined would work Mm -mm. out. No, it's like, it's crazy. I look back, I'm like, one of my girlfriends in college, because you know, girls will talk about, we'll talk about boys and all these things. And um, I remember this one thing that one of my girlfriends told me in college, she was like, if God can provide friends that you never even possibly dreamed of, like, why would he not provide the one thing that you desire most in this world? And it's like, so I think about that so often with career relationships, with friendships. I'm like, I have mind blowing friends, like friends that I'm like, you are unearthly. And when I think about career, same thing, I never would have thought that I'd be able to be a business owner at 27 and Mm -hmm. now 31 and now thinking about expanding and having the opportunity to open up more of these studios across the country is a massive goal of mine. And it's never felt feasible until now. And so it's just really cool. And what a gift to be able to be somebody that like you guys too, where you're just like, it gets better. You have Mm -hmm. to believe that if you don't believe that, even sometimes you got to convince yourself on your hardest days, but I always want to be the kind of person that even though it's really difficult and I have had some serious, you know, trials and stuff, I still want to be the kind of person that's like, no, my best days are still ahead of me. Well, speaking of um, the journey to your best days, mm-hmm. what's your advice for falling in love with the journey and not just the destination? I've heard you mm-hmm. talk about this in class several times. Yeah. Um, so I'd love to get your take on that. Yeah, I would just encourage people like the whole the journey is the whole point. I mean, it's not the destination. And I always tell people, I mean, I've failed a lot. I have not gotten the thing that I wanted many, many times. And we don't learn when we win. We don't learn when we succeed. I mean, it feels really good. And then you move on to the next thing. But anytime anyone's gotten their heart broken or been disappointed or lost their job or 
you know, even something very, very small, you remember that you don't forget that and you learn from that and you have to dig deep, deep inside of yourself. And so I always tell people like the thing that I'm always in, in anticipation for is not the whole point. It's the whole person that I'm becoming as I wait, as I work, as I anticipate. And so that's the definition of the journey. And so I just, in in order for you to fall in love with the journey, that's falling in love with your life because you're never going to fully get there. You know, let's say you have a goal in mind, you hit that goal. A lot of people, it's a, it's an amount of money that they want to have in their bank account or it's a career or whatever, or people that want to get married, you get married, your problems don't go away. It's not all of a sudden like your life is complete. You have the next set of things. And so if you can become really good at living in the tension, at waiting, at anticipating, at working, I mean, that's the whole point. And you fall in love with that and you find peace in that. I mean, you're not even going to think about the destination. Like I'm right now in a season where as I try to grow this studio, I'm waiting on this huge deal. And I'm like, it's been everything that I think about nonstop, but the person that I'm becoming as I navigate this, as I force myself to not just be consumed with where my life will be in three or six months, it's changing me every day. And I'll look back on this season and be so grateful. So I think if you can fall in love with the work and the waiting, you're going to fall in love with your life. Mm -hmm. And, and just also know that it's going to not feel good if you don't, because then you're going to get to the destination and you're going to feel so unfulfilled. And I just, I always go by the saying, um, the harder the life, the higher the calling. And so I really just believe that if you can fall in love with the journey of your life, you're going to continue to press the needle and level up and go higher. Um, and that's the whole point of life anyways. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think that it's really easy when you're, you know, on the break of something new or you're, you know, if, if it's a move or it's a new position in life and I'm the kind of person I get really stressed because I just want like it to Uh all be perfect and go so Uh smoothly Uh but then when you end up sitting in that stress and anxiety you get to the you get to the destination you're like wow first this was easier than I was thinking it was because I was so stressed and so anxious and also all the things that I worried about most of the time I would say like 99% of the time never even happened. Exactly. It was never even a reason to worry. We create this narrative or these stories and we freak ourselves out. And most of the time, none of that stuff even happens. And then it's like you you get to the destination and it's not even fun getting there. No. Like riddled yourself with anxiety and stress. Yeah. Exactly. And you don't, you don't, you don't honor it and love it as much as I think you would if it wasn't hard. You know, I'm a big believer that like the good things in our life are the hard things. And I just always remind my riders and my team and myself, like, you don't want life handed on a silver platter. Because if you just got everything super easy, one, you'd be a shell of a human and no one would want to be around you. Like, you wouldn't have really good people in your life because generally really good people have gone through some really tough shit, you know, Mm -hmm. pardon my French, but it's just real. Like, it's, I mean, it is part of life. And so I just, I'm, I'm a big believer in that. I really like this one, especially since we are focusing on, you know, everything better being ahead. Can you tell us something that is happening in your life right now that's really good? Mm, I love this question. Honestly, what's really good in my life is my friendships, the people in it, um, in the studio. I feel so looking at my, I was telling actually my therapist this the other day. I was like every, almost every avenue of my life has blown me away in where I am now versus where I was a year ago. 
Um, and I think that's one of my favorite things about life is how life can really surprise you even in three months. And so I encourage people all the time. I'm like, I know you feel this now, but like, give it three months. You're going to be in a completely different place. And so one thing that's really good right now is where the studio is at. I feel so, so blessed and I'm excited because it's allowing me to continue to expand. And then the people that are in my life right now, I feel very, very blessed. Absolutely. That's amazing. I always like that. I tell people, you know, you can just tell a shift in your whole day and perspective when you start with gratitude or when you go to gratitude and and what's good that's happening. Because I think in today's world, it's a lot of focus on, you know, what's bad, what's wrong, what's going on. And just taking that like five, 10 minutes day to just write about or talk Mm -hmm. about the good things. And then I, I realized how much my perspective has changed after, even like with yeah. these interviews and hearing all yeah. these good things. I I always get off and I'm like, wow, wow, my I know. perspective is so shifted. It's so, it's so shifted, and it can it's so crazy how it can happen so quickly. That's why it's so important, like who you surround yourself with and who you seek wise counsel from. And you know, I was listening to a podcast the other day, and I I I'm gonna butcher it, but it's some sort of chemical in the brain. It's like it's like scientifically proven that anxiety, the feeling of anxiety, and the feeling of gratitude cannot coexist in the brain. So for those that are feeling anxious, it's like almost like, okay, let's go through a list of all the things that are going really well. And let's just be, and, and it's some, again, it's like, it's not this like hoax. It's like, oh my gosh, wait, okay. Look at all of the way that ways that God has pulled through and life is going really, really well. I'm so grateful for that though. These other things are still there. These things that I want, these things that are really hard. It's not being naive and saying, oh, it's fine. Don't think about those things. It's just being like, no, I'm grateful for it, for the progression of these things or where I'm at yeah. with these things. Something um, I'm learning about gratitude lately is that it doesn't have to be this big thing. Like I used to always yeah. turn it into, oh, I have to, you know, wake up and write 25 things that I'm grateful for. And it just became something that I had a lot of, sh- not stress, but I just like, I wasn't getting anything from it. Mm-hmm. And now it's mm-hmm. like when I'm grateful, like I can just sit in a moment and just like, rest in gratitude without it being yeah. like this big thing that I turn into work. You know? Yeah, exactly. I think it's so cool when people have like a – someone wise once told me like a cheerful spirit is really healing. And I think even in little things like finding a great parking spot and just being like, that's awesome. I yeah. just – this is great, you know? And if you can have eyes for those kinds of things, your day is completely different when you mm-hmm. can just find um, – my best friend is very, very wise human. And she said, miracles in the moments, not in the outcome. And I love that. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow, that's like amazing. little things like that when you're grateful for your miracles in the moments and not so focused on the outcome because we're not worried about the outcome. We're worried about the moment. Same thing with the journey versus the destination, you know? Mm-hmm. So how we like to end each episode is with two things. The first is um, we ask each guest, what is a mantra or affirmation that you're living by right now? Mm-hmm. Love this. Um, one that I'm leading or living by right now is this quote that, uh, as I was journaling, kind of came to me as I was like praying and journaling. Um, it's easier to chase than it is to lead. Lead anyways. And I think that just kind of comes by like expectations and standards in life, and knowing that you know the more you sometimes the more you have to bring to a table, the fewer people you have to sit with. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think it's easier to chase things of this world, chase things, you know, chase people, chase ideas. Um, it's a lot harder to be a leader. And I just always try to encourage people to, and myself, especially like, okay, standards are high. Expectations are high. It might be lonely. It might be hard, but like, this is where you're called and this is what you want. So you got to stick with it. So it's easier to chase than it is to lead, lead anyways. 
That's a great That's one. Amazing. I love that. The second thing that we like to end with, we normally, well, I would say we we do a would you rather question, but we do, we've been doing a lot of open-ended questions as well. So this one's an open-ended question okay. um, and it's just something fun. So if you could pick your dream celebrity cycle coach, who oh. would it be? It's just, it's you and them. It's just you and them. The lights are on, tunnel vision, just you two. And they're oh encouraging God. you for the class. Who is it? Okay, first thing that came to my mind was Oprah. <laughs> I thought about Oprah too. I guess Oprah right away. I was like, I don't even know. Actually, I do know that she used to go so to Soul Cycle. But um, if I were to go off the first person in my head, it'd be Oprah. If I had time to think about it, um, gosh, I don't know. But I just, I'm very motivated by Oprah Winfrey. So I'd probably say Oprah. That's a good I one. I didn't why. think of Oprah, but. Now, now that I am, I'm like, oh, that's the a really wisdom, good thing. I think is what I would, yeah, I wouldn't necessarily be like, oh, yeah, she would love to come to spin class with me. But that woman is so incredibly wise. So you can turn Absolutely. her Super Soul podcast on and like go for a walk and take on the entire world. The entire Seriously. World. She's Seriously. incredible. Yeah, I would love to take a spin class from her. I think she'd right. be phenomenal. Bird, who would you okay. think? I don't know why, but the first person that came to my mind, and Allie, I know this is like stealing your person, but was Vince Vaughn. I just feel like he oh, my would be like <laughs> the funniest. Yeah, so Allie, Allie's like celebrity crush is Vince Vaughn. So we talk okay. about him a I lot on this it. podcast. We actually it. do talk about Vince a lot on this podcast. But can you imagine being in a cycle class with Vince Vaughn oh, and he's incredible. just like, it, how funny that would be? What, I don't know if he would like. Like, isn't he? I don't know if he would have the most really wisdom, tall. but. Yeah. He would just be fun to watch. He'd be like a giraffe on a bike. I don't even know if I'm yeah. going to go I can high. just see him in like a sweatband, <laughs> like pacing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, that's yeah. a good one. I like that one. That one's good. Okay. The first person that came to my mind was Lizzo. Oh, oh my God. God. I would yes. just feel – like she would just make everyone feel so confident, so yeah. good. Oh, oh she my would God, be so yeah. Yeah, y'all are so much more fun. Mine's so like serious. No, no, because I don't know how much wisdom. I don't know how much wisdom Vince Vaughn would have for me. Like, I don't know if I would leave being like, "Wow, I'm so inspired." Beyonce would be a good one too. Beyonce would. I be, know. Beyonce would be an amazing one. That's a good one too. <laughs> oh my gosh! I did Beyonce well, or Oprah. Yeah, I if if we had Oprah and Vince, we'd have like wisdom and humor covered, exactly. and then it would just be like all oh, great. You just have like a lineup on the podium. Exactly. Yeah, hey, exactly. Let's set that goal. We'll try to get Vince in there. Okay? Yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll oh my God. Allie would, Allie would literally <laughs> not be able to participate. She would be so happy. <laughs> like Vince is here. Yeah. Hey, you know what? Let's set the goal. Let's try. Exactly. Know, it's such a weird random celebrity crush I have. But yeah. Anyway. It is a little right. I was not expecting you to say to Vince Vaughn, but hey, he did get Jennifer Aniston for a hot moment. So. I think it's the personality. It's the personality. personality. Let's go with yeah. that. <laughs> and the height, maybe I don't know. Anyway, yeah. Um, anyways, Kinsey, thank you so much for taking the time to come on. Of course, literally, this conversation was so uplifting and was just so life giving. And I definitely feel like my perspective has shifted just throughout my day to day. So I was telling Allie before we got on, I was like, oh, my day has been so chaotic. I've had all these things, and I just feel like I have a breath of fresh air. From oh, talking I'm to you. so, so glad. Thank you. Oh, thank you guys. Thank you so much for having me. It's honestly such an honor and I love talking about this stuff. So mm-hmm. I'm so glad to be here. Well, Bird, we'll get you um, into a class soon. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and where can our listeners find you? What is your Instagram if they yes. want to connect? My Instagram is uh, Kenzie Todd. 
that's just my, it's like K-E-N-Z-I-E is how I spell it, T-O-D-D. And then Full Ride, we go by Full Ride Cycling on Instagram. So all one word. Yeah. And if you don't live in Nashville, check it out. Sign up for a class when you visit and you're going to love it. (laughs) Thank you.